This podcast replay is brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Check out the retail store in Miami Gardens at 5150 Northwest 167th Street. Plenty of cigar gear and a relaxing lounge. This is a Perdomo way. All right, let's get to it. Inter-Miami opening up the season tonight against Real Salt Lake. And the great Alex Winley is ready to join us. AAW underscore 1998. You can catch your work at the Bleacher Report, 90 Minutes US, and you also got to subscribe to the Heron's Nest. Did I get it all, Alex? Yes, you did. Yes, you did, Orlando. <laughs> Make sure. How you been? Good, good. Uh, Well-rested. I was uh, recovering from the stomach bug that I had coming back from my vacation, but um, I'm a lot better now. <laughs> Thanks to antibiotics. All right. There you go. I'm recovering to Achilles and I had like a, a, a bone spur stabbing one of my tendons that runs one of my toes. Oh, wow. Yeah. I got a boot on. I crossed the two week mark. I got four more weeks of this stuff. They'll take off the uh, stitches next week. Thank the Lord. Good. But yeah, I, I'm so limited. I'm limited on one foot. I got to hop mm. around where my wife is pushing me around in a little cart. I mean, it's just <laughs> it, it's just it's bad, man bad at least i could do the show and you know i could still do this so it's actually pretty cool all right let's get into it tonight real salt lake now i have some criticisms of the team in the preseason a couple things that i personally didn't like and i get it man you're paying so much money you gotta go out and try to generate revenue and selling all those road games even though you had to refund one of them uh, you know, I get it. You're trying to make the money back, but yet you, 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 you had a preseason where you didn't connect with your fan base. And I think having a preseason here with preseason games against MLS teams, you know, uh, maybe people that normally can't go to games can maybe afford some of the preseason games. You know what I would have done practice. Don't you, how, how, how much are you allowed to watch the beginning of practice? How long? Um, honestly, the first 15 minutes, there's nothing, you know it's, you know it's just done? like them doing rondos. Right. And you know what I would have done? I would have made it a half hour. I would have put them all in the stadium and I would have opened it up to the public along with the media. Kids come in, everybody sees it for free. They pay concessions, whatever. And then the team leaves a half hour later and they finish the rest of practice and do more to connect with the fan base. There was no connection in the preseason, those games were at odd times. They were, uh, you know, overseas. It was just, there was not a lot of real interest. I just thought, and I get the business side of it. I totally understand it, but I just thought it was a preseason that you didn't get to sell the sport locally to your fans and connect with people. Your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I definitely hear you on that. I think next season they'll probably do uh, more of a, a, a local, national uh, preseason. Um, yeah, I think uh, this year they really wanted to capitalize on uh, the Messi, Busquets, Alba, Suarez. Um, the brand. Name, names. Yeah, I mean, that's part of uh, sports management. You know, it's it's also marketing and, and making sure your brand gets out there, and, as well as winning and, and, and merch and, and all, that, all those things. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I know fans, you know, local fans may have wanted more games here, but, you know, you guys have the entire season to watch them live. So, uh, yeah, how rarely do they get over to, you know, Japan and, and Hong Kong and Saudi Arabia? Pretty rare. So, um, yeah, I could I can understand the frustrations, but um, 
it is marketing after all. And then in the end, this is also a preseason that was taxing on them mentally and physically. So, and this is an older team. That's the other thing that I didn't like about it. And I get it again, the business side, the marketing. I totally understand the money, man. I, I that doesn't go doesn't go over my head and and all that. But that's the other thing. Where is this team after this long ass preseason that you did a lot of traveling? Um, I actually want to say, um, if you um read some of the quotes from guys like Lawson Sunderland, Schneider Borgeland, they actually really enjoyed their time there as uh as just traveling, Robert Taylor said the same thing. They said they never would have gone there otherwise besides Inter-Miami taking them. So I, from a fan perspective, sure, it could seem taxi, but the players definitely enjoyed that. And I know that they traveled with a lot of staff and personnel that made sure that they were comfortable and um, nothing was uh, tiring for them. I know it may have looked like that from the outside, but, you know, um, from a writer and journalist perspective, uh, the players are comfortable and um, – uh, they were well taken care of. So, um, yeah, think, I, think, I think it was a you good think You think they're pretty healthy and they're, and they're fresh enough? Oh, for sure. Even okay. Tata Martino said that yesterday. All four, all of the big four are fully fit and ready to go 90 minutes. Uh, there's no injuries besides, you know, the, the obvious uh, Ian Frey, Franco Negri, uh, et cetera. Um, yeah, so everyone's fully fit and, and ready to play a full 90 minutes tonight. Okay. Who's missing? Frey. Who else? Uh, Ian Frey, Franco Negri, Coco Jean was bought out last night, so he's no longer a part of the team. And then obviously I think guys like Robbie Robinson, who is uh, unfortunately just uh, chronically injured and, uh, you know, just looking to recover that. But other than that, um, everyone's fully fit. Yeah. Robbie's not one that I've missed much, uh, to be quite honest. It's just been that has been a disaster of a draft. <laughs> unfortunately, it just has not worked out for the young man. Uh, overall is this because you know we see gregory shipped off uh the kamal miller one alex you might as well kick me in the gut seriously uh, actually you know what kick me in the man parts when when you got rid of kamal miller you know what i'm saying uh mm. I'm, I'm i'm a little worried about this team defensively are they top heavy do they have do they not have enough role players around people that are going to do the dirty work? Talk to me about how you see this overall team after all the cuts and everything that they had to do to get under, you know, the the, the financial restraints that they have to be under. Yeah, I think um I think they're well better rounded than last season, uh, which is going to sound surprising. Like last year, uh, the beginning of the season, they started off pretty well with those two wins. And then Gregory gets injured and uh, Fenovel didn't know how to coach that. So it, it got progressively worse. And um, I mean, we're really heavy, heavily reliant on the academy players, which they played well, but that's not uh, that's not how you make a successful MLS team. So I think this year with a full off season of the, the veteran big four, and then you have the academy players coming back from what they experienced last season, having more experience under their belt, uh, knowing what it's like to be a professional, getting more MLS minutes, David Ruiz, uh, Ben Ha, Kamraski, Noah Allen. Heck, you can even throw in guys like Avilas, Diego Gomez, who played really well at the pre-Olympic tournament. Um, they're they're getting comfortable now, and and they're gonna have to they're going to get significant minutes as well uh, as the big four. And then you have 
um, new guys coming in like Federico Redondo, who I'm I'm really excited about, and 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 you know obviously Luis Suarez, who's shown that he's still capable of scoring as long as you give him the ball in the final third. I, I would say that there's two players per position on this squad, and and you know let's say Busquets is injured, like he got injured during the um um. Uh, was it the Hong Kong match? You know, it was just an ankle tweak, but, you know, let's say if he, he couldn't start tonight, but he, he will be starting. Um, uh, you have a guy like Federico Redondo who's coming in who could basically um, give Busquets a rest so he's not uh, out here um, stretching himself thin like he did last season. Uh, additionally, you have uh, midfielders like Diego Gomez, Benjamin Kamraski, Ruiz, Sunderland. Um, Yannick Bright, they, they still, the, the draft pick, they still could very well sign him. I'm really high on him. So they have a, a decent... A really nice midfield rotation, even with Gregory gone, so they could give guys uh, the starters a rest. You know, Julian Gressel, I, I neglected to mention, he's going to be playing a, a huge part this season as well. So, and in the attack, obviously, you have Suarez, you have Campana, Robert Taylor on the left hand side, who looks very comfortable there. Obviously, Messi. It's a shame about Faku for Fias because he he would have gotten uh, significant minutes, but I think. Uh, besides the you know center back uh, situation, which I'm not too thrilled with, mainly because um, just the lack of athleticism uh, with Kristoff and and Ryan Saylor, I'm I'm fine with Nicholas Ferre and, and and Thomas Abilas. I think they're going to do really well once Ferre is fully fit for 90 minutes. Um, um, that's the only big concern. Uh, left back, I'm not concerned. You know, you have Jordi Alba, Franco Negri. Yandre Yedlin is a workhorse, and he's going to probably play every game. If not, they have Izzy Boatwright, who they they signed as well. So they're they're pretty too deep per position, and and they still have uh, money and room left over to make uh, moves in the summer. You know, with the selling Gregory and make and, and the buy of Coco Jean. So even if they do need reinforcements, they can always you know you know come back in, during the summer when all these tournaments are taking place and all these players probably want moves to to new newer clubs. You know, with the Euros, uh, Copa America, Olympics, uh, players from abroad are going to be looking for moves. Miami could be that landing spot. So, you know, with Chris Henderson in the front office, I think uh, Miami's pretty uh, solid going forward and, and into the summer as well. So I'm not worried about offense, but I, but I am worried about the back line. So who do you expect to start? Because I know you gave us a lot of names. Who do you expect to start on the back line tonight? Tonight, um, Nicholas Ferre is not fully 90 minutes fit. You know, he's still recovering from, you know, a four-month layoff. He, you know, we saw him for about 30, uh, excuse me, 45 minutes uh, against Newell's, and I thought him and Toto Abilas looked really good. They kept everything in front of them, and no nonsense uh, defending from the both of them. So I, I'm pleased with that. Once they're fully fit, I think that's the uh, starting uh, center back pairing uh, tonight. I I, I think uh, Tata will will probably go with Noah Allen as the left sided center back with Jordi Alba on the left, um, Toto Abilas on the right, and, and DeAndre Yedlin. I know that's uh, that's telling because uh, Noah is naturally, you know, he's a more of a fullback, right, right wing back, but he can play the center back. You know, we've seen him develop there. But, but the fact that uh, Noah Allen is now preferred over a guy like Ryan Taylor or Sergey Kristoff shows that Tata just does not have uh, trust in and the the two um, two elder center backs compared to Noah Allen, which is fine. Noah's young; he's going to run everything down. He may not be a center back, but you know, he's going to play hard. He's from Miami. Uh, he's going to play for the club and. You know, he, he's he's still learning, and I, I liked how uh, he looked during preseason when he was uh, playing all over the place. So I'm I'm confident with that. But, yeah, once Nicholas and, uh is fully fit, I think that's the center back pairing going forward with uh, Toto Avilas. Are you – okay, so do you expect the same, an improvement, or uh, maybe a, a little bit of a, of a step back on defense? 
I think it's going to be an improvement with Foray. I think um, people right. probably underestimate this, but, you know, Foray is Argentinian. He speaks Spanish, obviously, with uh, Choto Aviles next to him. Making- Kamal Miller, you're saying. You're telling me I'm not going to miss Kamal Miller. No, because uh, if you watched last season, there were several times where Kamal was paired with Sergey Kristoff or Choto Aviles, and uh, he was often beat for pace, like, way beat for pace. Yes, there were a couple of tackles that he made that he hustled to get back, but there were so many times where he was just out ran and out he paced by opposition attackers who were faster than him. And okay. it's kind of telling how Phil Neville went and, and got him from from to Portland because um, I wrote in one of my pieces on the Substack um, that uh, Neville likes ball-playing defenders that maybe aren't athletic, and that's exactly what Sergey Kristoff and Kamal Miller were. Uh, they're not very athletic, but they're decent on the ball. But that comes at a price when Miami was playing that high line last year and they were exposed in defensive transition. They were always a step or two behind with Ferrey and Toto Avilas. You know, Avilas is quicker. Uh, Ferrey is more athletic and a no-nonsense defender. So I think Miami will, will be better in that regard once he's fully fit. And I, I still think that they could probably add uh, as the summer approaches as, as well. Okay. All right. Well, then you make me feel so. Uh, maybe I had Kamal Miller a little overrated. Then is what you're telling me. I wouldn't say overrated. I just think he doesn't fit what this current Miami team is trying to do. Uh, okay. Essentially, like I, I don't think they're going to play as high of a line. I think they're going to go with a mid mid block, uh, more so uh, possession based style. You know, with uh, Redondo coming in, Busquets. That's going to be a pretty uh, ball heavy center, uh, a double pivot in midfield. So um, I'm looking forward to that. So once they have a Busquets and a Redondo in front of that back line, I think Miami will will be set. You know, I think the, my biggest concern was midfield that they needed another ball playing midfielder because they couldn't progress the ball out of the back for for anything when Gregory was there, which he was a great player, but you know sometimes his ball playing capabilities were limited. But with Redondo coming in and and Gressel, who's a really nifty on the ball, I think Miami will have a Really good midfield to shield that back line. Worst case scenario happens, and and it'll be pretty ball dominant. And and Toto and and, and Ferrey can focus on you know keeping everything in front of them and, and defending pretty well. Do do you follow Miami FC also? Uh, honestly, I've, I've been trying to. They're um, more local than Inter Miami is at the moment. Uh, FIU, it's about thirty minutes uh, from my home. Um, but um. Yeah, well, they just don't market themselves well, but I, I do try to get out to a couple of games. Cause, what uh, I was asking is when they had Fafa Picolt, who is in the MLS now, um, mm-hmm. but like five, six years ago when they had that run in the U.S. Open Cup, do you remember that they beat three MLS teams, I think, that year? We beat Atlanta. We beat Orlando. And I know we lost to Chicago in the quarterfinals or something of the U.S. Open Cup. But if you remember that team, that's what I, that's why I was asking you that style of play. Was it that because that's the style of play where they kind of a lot of possession. It was a really good team. I think they had like an eleven million dollar payroll that year. I worked for them at that time. I was a stadium announcer, and uh, and Ricardo, who is a phenomenal owner, by the way, he really he cares. He really wants to succeed. The only problem is he's one of those guys that doesn't want a salary cap. You know, he's uh, you know, you know, you know more. You, you know anything about the owner from the from uh, from uh, from the um, from that team? No, I'm, I'm not familiar. He, he owns all the rights to the Olympics and the Super Bowl and stuff like that in Central and South America. 
all the rights. Mm. Ricardo Silva's got money like he can print money. I'm serious. Like he is, you talk about a deep pocketed owner. Nobody would have kept Miami FC around this long. Only Ricardo Silva has done that because they don't even have the return. So that's why I was asking you if you remember that team about five, six years ago that made that U.S. Open Cup run, if that's the style of play that we're talking about. That's why I was asking you because mm. – yeah, you know, um, I don't know. I don't recall. I don't remember seeing them, so I, I can't say. But um, maybe if it's like a ball-heavy possession-based style that wants yes. to go quick and in the yes. final third. Not a lot of air balls. It's all ground. A lot of ground stuff. You know, yeah, you'll have – Yeah. You have to have some air balls, but but a lot of, you know, very uh, very uh, uh, very Central and South American style, man, you know? Mm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's what we're expecting from Inter this year, basically. Yeah, most of the the roster is uh, from you know South America. Yeah, Paraguayans, uh, Uruguayans, um, half of it's Argentinians. I think the starting eleven, if you look at it, it's besides Robert Taylor, uh, <clears throat> DeAndre Yedlin, and um, uh, I'm looking at it here. Besides, uh, yeah, Gressel, Yedlin, Taylor, all of them are from South and Central America, and 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 Noel Allen, Allen, who's American. So. And calendar and calendar. Obviously. Yeah, calendar as well. He's American. So what? A, what a stud that kid is! What a find! Yeah. What a find, man! Wow, that is just absolutely amazing. All yeah, right, super so, nice guy too. Yeah. Um, give us a preview. What are we expecting tonight with Real Salt Lake? Yeah, so Real Salt Lake—they're gonna play in a four-two-three-one. They have dangerous wingers. They have a, a Chicho Arango up top, who is a dangerous striker. Um, similar to inner Miami, they, they're weak on, uh, defense. So, um, you know, I would take Miami's attack versus any other MLS defense that's presumed to be weak. You know, obviously Messi, Suarez, Campano coming off the bench, uh, Taylor, even the midfield Gressel can, can get into the final third. I think Miami will probably have the, the, um, upper hand when it comes to attack, you know, with this RSL defense that a lot of supporters say is not the best. So I think it'll probably be a game where whoever keeps a clean sheet and manages to score will win. Miami are at home and they want to put a, their good foot forward. Messi's fully fit to go in a full 90 minutes. So is Busquets towards Alba. Um, so I, I think Miami will, will try to dictate the tempo, keep possession, keep RSL from getting into that final third and, and keep the pressure on and, and try to score multiple uh, goals. Essentially. I think the, uh, biggest key is to keep the clean sheet. Um, maybe they will concede at least one, but I'm I, I hate making predictions, but I think Miami will score multiple goals tonight and and maybe concede at least one. But uh, I I think their their mindset is to win tonight without a doubt. Uh, is are they the favorites in your in your eyes? Uh, yeah, should win the MLS Cup. Oh, MLS Cup. Well, that's a dependent whole thing here. Who who okay. is the- team that could derail Miami to a title talk to me mm, well I'm gonna say the the crew because they're defending champions but you know MLS is really you know you can win the league la- uh, la- last season but play poorly the next and you know um yeah it all depends I don't know if Miami are the favorite I think ask me uh, well yes on paper they should be the favorite but ask me again in the summer and it just depends on form and how the team is feeling and how their momentum is going once they make the playoffs, which they which they should, but on paper, yes, they should be the favorite. Um, I I know that they want to win the um, 
the, they want to win uh, Champions Cup as well as MLS. So um, either one of those trophies, I think they're going to focus well, on. So I, tr I trust the hell out of you. So you made me feel better about the defense because I was a little worried that maybe there might be a drop off on defense. So there's not. The only other concern that I have is just chemistry mm. because they all haven't played together for a long time. A couple guys do know each other. A couple guys have played since last year. So talk to me about chemistry. How is that? Should that be a concern at all here in this first month? Uh, no, I think that you have the preseason to think, honestly, <laughs> that long preseason where they played like five games in two days. Um yeah, I think the bonding time that they were able to experience, uh, you know, abroad and, and Dallas, you know, they played a lot of games. I, I mean, the games were not any more than any other MLS team did, but the fact that they are traveling together and constantly training and getting to know each other, I, I think that the chemistry is going to be better than what people expect. Uh, obviously, it'll take time to settle, but even uh, I posted some clips clips from the uh, Newell's game where they were play, essentially playing tiki-taka, where it was just one-touch passing and Everyone knew where everyone was, and it was uh, pretty pleasing to see from a Miami team that historically, you know, they 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 just bypassed the midfield and, you know, played uh, Phil Neville love ball 99% of the time. So, um, yeah, I think the chemistry is going to be better than what people expect thanks to that preseason. Um, obviously, they're going to still have to build, but um, I'm confident that, you know, they're going to have more chemistry than other MLS teams that uh, may have not had as strenuous preseasons. Yeah, Phil, Phil likes uh, more of the European German style, uh, more more long balls and that kind of stuff. How do you think he's going to do now? Because uh, I, I was not, I, I was happy he got a shot because I, I I can't blame him for everything that was going on here at times. I think there was a lot of stuff that was out of his control too at the same time. So I'm happy for him that he gets this opportunity. And by the way, a pretty damn good organization. Yeah, honestly, um. The Timbers of the Portland Timbers and Thorns, they've had some controversy over the years with uh, some cover-ups regarding, um, you know, Merritt Paulson and 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 some, uh, you know, sexual uh, assaults that I believe that happened. There's a whole write-up on that, and yeah, they, they're they're in some controversy. The fans aren't happy with the organization, honestly. So them hiring Neville just kind of didn't really inspire them. Hopefully he does okay, but um, a lot of fans are just not really expecting much this season. Uh, they they haven't really improved their attack. They brought in Kamal Miller and a bunch of goalkeepers, but, um, you know, Neville is not – he can't really coach that attack regardless. So, um, yeah, let's see. Maybe they'll do better. He'll do better in, on the West, but um, I know Timbers fans are not necessarily looking forward to anything. Yeah, you, you don't sound too hopeful. <laughs> no, honestly, yeah. <laughs> Follow her on Twitter at AAW <laughs> underscore 1998 and catch her work at the Bleacher Report, 90 Minutes US. And, of course, make sure you subscribe to the Heron's Nest. As always, Alex, thank you for taking some time. Enjoy the game tonight. Thank God it's here, man. Thank God mm -hmm. it's here. <laughs> Have a good one. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. You got it. The great Alex Winley. She does an excellent job. So she's making me feel a little better about the defense. Okay. All right. You know, I, I'm not this uh, guru. She is. So I'm going to take her word for it. So I had Kamal Miller a little too overrated, apparently. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. I'm looking forward to tonight, man. Thank God it's it's back because, you know, we've got baseball, but 
I, I like have no hope for baseball, unfortunately. This podcast replay is brought to you by Caneswear.com. For all your Canes, Dolphins, and Heat needs, visit them at 2511 South University Drive in Davie. Free shipping with online orders over $99. Go to Caneswear.com at Miami Fanware. That's the spot where South Florida fans shop. Inter-Miami starts on Wednesday. They do. You know, uh... Frankie, it's interesting you brought that up because I made a note here on it. And they had a preseason where they completely did not connect with their fan base. It's interesting. Instead of a preseason here where you're constantly training, maybe open portions of training to the public and have fans come over for the first half hour of training they can see it, and then you you have them exit out. They could probably walk through the merch. You can make money. Uh, the media can cover it every day. Talk to the players every day. Have players on 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 platforms and stations all over. Even though they're not very good at that, um, play games against teams here. Fill up the stadium here half the preseason because the other half you'll be on the road, but you'll be in other. American cities and it'll be an event and all that. None of that, dude. You did all the overseas bullshit that I get it. You were chasing the money because you signed this guy and all these other guys and you've got to try to make money. But, you know, it's funny how you've got a preseason and you had the quietest preseason I have ever seen any professional team in South Florida ever have with the biggest name in the history of South Florida. Or second, I don't know, Pele coming to town a couple of times, but he didn't play here, so it doesn't count. So we'll go with 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 Messi as number one. And wow, dude, like you had a completely disconnected preseason. And now you're just gonna reappear on Wednesday against Real Salt Lake. You know what I mean? It's kind of it's odd. It's odd. It's not, it's not the normal way to start a season. It's not a way that you really are connecting with your fan base. You know, think about this. Think about this, okay? They don't think about these things because they're just thinking about money and they don't really give a shit about the ultimate good of it. You know what I'm saying? Got to be honest here. I don't work for them anymore, so uh, I have nothing but love and respect for them. But I got to do my show and I got to call it like I see it. Okay. You charge an arm and a leg to see Messi all the time. Imagine if you would have opened half an hour of practice every day. Just free. Let the kids come over, watch Messi and the guys practice for half an hour, individual drills, bullshit stuff. But you left it free for your for your fans. Because a whole bunch of those people that would have gone over, they can't afford the tickets. Would have been your opportunity to give back some to your community. You know what I mean? But you don't think about those things. Because in the end, all you're thinking about, oh, wow, we're paying this guy a boatload of money. Let's find whoring ways we can go make more money on the way back. So let's go play six games all over Central, South America, and Europe, or whatever the hell, and charge an arm and leg so we can make money back. But yet, never connect with our, with our fans here. You know, it's just these are the things that just go by and 
people don't really look at it. Inter doesn't look at it. Whatever. You know what I mean? Many franchises make mistakes. You know, this one in particular, um, while the owners are awesome and will spend money, the way they manage things, they miss a lot of shit. A lot of shit. And this is one of them. This is one of them. Because, you know, you're so focused on getting the money back and really not growing here in South Florida like you should. Because remember, you're not really growing nearly as much as you think. Okay? Half of the people that go see Inter, I'm going to say half, they're not Inter fans. They don't give a shit about Inter. They don't care if the team wins or loses. They just go there to go see Messi and then they walk away. They don't care about the team. If they bought the jersey, it's not because they care about the team. It's only because it says Messi on it. And so they had their chance to see Messi. But when Messi's gone, you'll never see them again. They don't care about Inter Miami. They don't care about your team. They don't care about the MLS. And in the end, this is kind of your doing. Because you're making it a complete mercenary hire where you're not really maximizing what you could do with that, you know, unfortunately. But it's all about the cash, baby. All about the cash. And you know what? That's the way you should carry yourself, too. Because that's all they ever care about. The cash.